Scott's a good football coach. Yeah, that's that's your opinion. Nothing like Sean Watson rubbing salt in the wound. Gosh, he was fired a couple of times. What's he? Where's he get off doing that? That's I don't ridiculous. know. I, I, you know what? He's, just, he's been sitting, laying in the weeds for over a decade, ready to pounce when the time was right. And the time was right today at about 3 o'clock Central Time in Lincoln, Nebraska, when Trev Alberts had a very, just, just, just a simple little comment. It was time for Sean Watson to, to pop his head up, make his presence felt. I need to know, Whoa. did I break the news to you this morning? No. Oh, okay. I, how did I, now I'm blanking on who exactly. One of my buddies, I had gotten tipped off. I I had spoke to LeBron, who had told so me part. Oh, no. I said, Chris Broussard had reported to me, according <laughs> to LeBron, I got tipped off earlier today about, man, maybe 11 o'clock, 1030, that just was, it said, hearing things that it's going down today. And oh, wing bang boom, and I saw the uh, the old tweet. But yeah, no, not good. Had you heard? You were a connected individual. What what had you heard? Well, let's just let's start no. from the beginning. When Check when the clocks, uh, oops, sorry about that. Go when ahead. the clock struck zero and Georgia Southern emerged victorious, did you think that Frost was going to be fired on the the next day? Like, what were you thinking? In hindsight, I wish I was more emphatic of the belief because I've always said if you're going to fire someone eventually do it immediately but that buyout figure kept everyone assuming like myself that you would just wait it out right I mean why wouldn't you save money to do it but then your keisters are blowing in the wind three weeks can go a long way embarrassment can uh, do more than seven and a half million dollars in damages right right that I so, yeah, I'm, I think the October 1st thing and the fact that that was a date that was that had serious things tied to it with the buyout. I think everybody just felt like nothing was going to happen before that date. So but I but I also think no one envisioned that loss happening. So even after Northwestern as well. It'll be after Oklahoma. Like, I thought it'd be after Oklahoma. Never in your mind are you thinking Georgia Southern. So when it happens, you're like, could it be tomorrow? I don't know. Well, here's what's, a weird, here's what's the, the weird thing about it is, I think a lot of people, fans, media, all the columns, everybody thought it was over Correct. last night. But there's a difference between thinking that it's over and thinking that it's going to happen the next day. So I know that sounds kind of weird. Like, I thought it was done. Like, he was maybe, 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 maybe if somehow Nebraska beats Oklahoma, it looks great, then turns around and beats Indiana. Like, maybe this thing gets, like, you hang on. But for all intents and purposes, it seemed like it was a done deal. But I thought, I I didn't think it would happen on Sunday. So it was just, it was a weird, that made it a weird, the news hitting feel shocking and not shocking at the same time, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I remember reading it and telling Kelly, I'm like, oh, he's gone. And she was surprised. She called her father, and uh, he was surprised and disappointed. He's a season ticket holder. He actually, they sold their tickets to Saturday's game because they didn't want to go um, because, I don't know, late night and other things. And so, you know. They're obviously not a very big football fan. (laughs) (laughs) Trebek's got some thoughts on what Kelly's parents were going to do. All right. Mr. Trebek? You're obviously not a big football fan. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to go to the Georgia Southern game. That must be it. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, here here we are. Here we are. I mean, yeah. you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It was hard to imagine this turning around, and it was also very hard to imagine them losing to Georgia Southern. But uh, why not, right? I mean, it's surprising as it's happening. But I was going to text you in the first quarter. I had a text, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to be that. Told that you so. Negative nilly yeah. guy. I, my text was going to be Nebraska is going to lose this game because it was in the first quarter and you could just get the vibe right away, like opening drive. You're like, I don't place many bets, but the Georgia Southern plus 21, 22 was like the easiest right. 
piece of pie that I've ever made, and it wasn't much, but it was very simple. Yeah. Because this team is just not wired to to handle games like that like they should. I mean, frankly, if you watch the North Dakota game, it shouldn't be that surprising, but 45 points to Georgia Southern. My goodness. Allow me to channel my inner Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic that it is the black shirts that I think got Frost a year number five? And then it is the black shirts that got Frost fired three games in to year five. This reminds me of the Bill Callahan final season where the offensive guy had pretty much by and large throughout his career at Nebraska had had a decent offense. I would actually argue Callahan's had better offenses than Scott Frost has had. Yeah, I don't think that's even that hard of an argument. But it was the defense in his final year that was a sieve. Yes. And you just it, it cost you games. Yep. It did. I mean, and that's that's the thing that this this loss last night, even though it falls under the same category of a one score loss, a close game, all those sorts of sorts of things, this loss felt different than a lot of the other losses over the course of the last four years, where it, we could always c- turn on the mic after these games and kind of do the whole, well, how did Nebraska lose? Where, geez, I mean, Nebraska had that game totally, totally wrapped up and they just shot themselves in the foot. This game felt different in that regard. And then statistically would back that up. I mean, we have seen so many inept black shirt performances over the course of the last 15, 20 years. 07 Okie State, 07 uh, Missouri Ball State, Kansas that year. Then you go to just take your pick of Wisconsin game under Pelini. 2012 Big Ten title game. 2014 when Melvin Gordon ran for 400 yards. Uh, 2017, take a pick of you know Iowa, Ohio State, wherever. This game was worse statistically than all of those games. And so it just felt different. And what's hard is oftentimes with the last, the lasting, the last thing you see is what you remember most about it. And in my opinion, this is just me. It when all when all the dust settles and you really review it, it was Scott Frost's offense that doomed the Scott Frost era. But it's right now it doesn't feel like that. It was it feels like it was the defense that did him in. Listen, homeboys, there is no year 5 without JoJo Doman, Daniel Stilly, Cam Taylor Britt, Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, go back and look at those games. That defense was pretty good. And to me, you you the one thing about the Frost era, the one constant has been is the defensive side of the ball has kind of progressed and improved until this year. It has evaporated. I mean, that was that was all-time bad black shirt stuff you saw against Georgia Southern. And it just was too much for the for the soul and the heart of Huskers to bear. Eight yards a carry for Georgia Southern. I mean, that's why it just didn't feel like a 400 fluke. yards passing. I mean, it was nothing. 13 yards fe- a carry in the first half. It felt like Oklahoma State 07, except yep. it was a close game. Right. But the, the gaping holes were there. Yeah, it was just... Um, as you're watching it, like this is this is over. This is uh, now finally over. And I was hosting the um, the Sirius XM 84. They called, uh, texted me and said, "Hey, can you do a special? We're going to carry the Trev thing live." So sure. So I hopped on and did an hour. And Damon Benning. They said, "Who would you like?" And they gave me some options. I go, "Give me Damon I'll Benning." I'll take Damon Benning, please. I need the uh, intellectual spin on this. I need uh, some very deep stuff. And so we had a good, you know, half hour after Trev was on uh, doing his uh, news conference and just talking about this uh, this era and what's next. And it's, you know, you're just left going. It's really hard to believe that, you know, you go back four years, four, uh, four plus years, to think that you'd be sitting here talking about this when he showed up. He was, even Trev said on, on Sunday, he was the premier hire that season in that coaching cycle we all have short memories but uh, scott frost was uh, among the absolute leaders in that cycle of coaching florida is still waiting for scott frost call back 
as I've said before on this podcast. And they go with Dan Mullen. Scott Frost outlasted Dan Mullen, and Mullen won a division title. Right? That's how patient Nebraska's been. Chip Kelly outlasted them all mm-hmm. from that cycle. And he hasn't done much at UCLA. So it's really a remarkable occurrence. And, um, you know, for Frost, it's really incredible that, and I made the analogy about Scott Frost taking gambles with other people's money. When you think about it, Trev Alberts had to spend other people's money to get rid of a favored son. That's how bad things have gotten. $7.5 million extra, plus however much it was. I mean, they saved some money by not doing it last year and doing it this year instead. But he had to. he's spending other people's money to get rid of Scott Frost, who's a national champion quarterback, and was the hot commodity coming in. You say all those things out loud, and yeah. it's hard to fathom that this program's where it's at. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting when when you're in the midst of something, and we're still in the midst of it. I mean, shoot, it just, it's only, I mean, Trev's press conference was five hours ago. But it's interesting when you're in the midst of it, you're thinking about it, and then something happens, and I don't know if I want to say, like, I've had some, like, I, you don't, snapping out of it's not the right word, because it's, that's, like, I, the idea that I was under some spell. But for me, I don't, I I've been kind of thinking throughout the day. I think I didn't so much believe in Frost as much as I believed in the idea of Frost. Does that make sense? I think you said that before about fans. Yeah, and and I th- that's that's kind of me too. Like yeah. I, I mean, because to me it was always like there there was I don't know if there was any higher or anything in my sports memory that I was more sh- more sure was going to work than Frost coming to Nebraska. So to me, it not working was like a fairy tale ending not happening you know it was like come on no way and then over the years there would just be just enough done to keep you thinking with your heart instead of your head and what's weird is like when when the the history books are written 25 50 years from now Scott Frost is could go down as the worst Husker football coach since Bill Jennings in the you know late 50s early 60s but what's challenging is like when you watched it, there still were you know five and twenty-two and one-score games. Like it, it's I think a lot of people watch it be like, man, how did they hang in there with this guy so long? It's like, man, pull up a chair. It's a long story on on you know his history, who he is, and then what things looked like during the four years, four years and three games. It's just a layered, nuanced thing that is just it's so sad. My prevailing emotion is like I'm just it's just sad that it didn't that this not only didn't work, was a colossal disaster. It was an unmitigated disaster. Total disaster. It was, it was one of the worst experiences you could possibly have, and at the same time, one of the most entertaining. Yeah. Like, as, as Bo Pelini was entertaining in front of the microphone, Scott Frost's teams were must-see TV. I mean, as much as it was awful to watch, Every game, these one-score games, it became a soap opera. It became great theater. And every game, you felt like you had a chance to win and lose. And think about where Nebraska was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. It's like, you know you're going to win. It's just by how much. You go in every game going, I don't know if my heart can, if your heart can take this, right? Yeah. It was just different. And it was so compelling. It was as compelling a bad team as you will ever, ever see. And Saturday night was no different. Yeah. I mean, when Twitter is on the edge of their seats about two unranked teams, one of them's in the Sun Belt and the other hasn't sniffed a bowl game in five years, you go, this, this is great theater. Right. Like, people are loving this, except for those that have some emotional attachment to it. Right? It's like a drive-by. It's a crash. You slow down to see this accident. Thank God I'm not in that car. But, man, that thing's mangled. And then, okay, where are we going? Oh, yeah, Disney World. All right, you're on your way. <laughs> and life continues. But it's the Husker fans that are in the carnage on the side of the road going, yeah, you think this is funny? Or you think this is yeah, this You is, think this is, you're, this is you're cool enjoying this? You're, wa- you're enjoying watching this? This is our life here. We're yes. about to hop in the ambulance. Right. I, I think, uh, you know, it is pretty remarkable to think about. Because I'm not going to lie. One of my first other thoughts I, I, that hit me when the news happened was like, why? One of my first thoughts was why bring back why bring back Frost for year five to fire him three games in. It's almost like did Trev and everybody did you really believe in this situation 
Like, because you could argue that he never gave this revamp situation a chance to work, but at the same time, for, Trev has been consistent in talking about we, that he's wanted to see, we got to see some progress. We got to see, see some incremental progress. And the problem is, you didn't see progress, you saw regression. And these three games, they could easily be 0 and 3. And I think the one thing that about Trev was Trev wanted this decision to be obvious, one way or the other. Last November, it just wasn't obvious, just based on how fluky that season was. And the reason I know that is I think that if he would have fired Frost last November, that would have got met with a, some pushback from people. Now, I don't know about your sphere of influence or who you've fallen on Twitter or who you've talked to. Throughout the day, and I know it's day number one, have you talked to or seen anybody or heard anybody pushing back on Trev's decision to fire Frost? Uh, just my father-in-law who was disappointed and didn't like the decision being made right now. More about the timing of it than the actual, like... It felt bad for Frost, like wanted to, it to, you know, see the season through, see Oklahoma. Right. You know, type of thing. But I think by and large, you know, we said it at the end of last season, it's the last thing you want to do is divide a fan base over a fire. So if you're going to make a firing or a change, it needs to be blatantly obvious. It can't be gray. And this was certainly not any shade of gray. Well, that's the thing that's amazing, and it's just still remarkable the things to say out loud as you reflect on when he was hired, that this guy could get fired three games into year number five, and it is met with pretty much unanimous support and agreement amongst the fan base. So then you go, okay, well, maybe Trev, Trev was, he, I think he felt it. I mean, when the student section's chanting fire Frost, and the games are what they are, like, I think he probably felt like this is this is pretty obvious. I got to make the move now. Every tenure has a moment where you realize this isn't going to work. And for Callahan, it was Oklahoma State. Correct. 07. And that's when Peterson was fired. Callahan was not until the end of that season. For Frank Solich, it was Kansas State. For Bo Pelini... I mean, pick one. <laughs> he lasted a little bit longer than you thought. I mean, Iowa. Um, I think it was. I mean, you could say 2012 Big Ten title. Like, that was the beginning of the end. But I would say, to me, it was probably when Melvin Gordon ran for 400 yards. It was like, this is done. It's over. So when was, when was the moment for Frost to you? Was it, was it yesterday? It was Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because you have the fans chanting what you heard. Yep. You know, Georgia Southern storming the field. And you've lost to double-digit underdogs in two of your first three games. I mean, games you were expected to roll, and in a lot of ways, you got rolled. Yeah. To to your point about Frost and the could he have gotten fired last year, and I I think we're right on that, that there were a lot that wanted it to happen then. You and I were in the camp of, just wait, wait another year. That's how I felt. Because because it didn't, while it didn't feel like you had a lot of signs, you also need to be strategic in your decision-making, especially at Nebraska firing a national championship quarterback. Like there are a lot yep. of things, like just a lot of tentacles there that you have to be, you have to be mindful of. But I go back to last year, like look at the entire schedule. Look at the, look at the losses. Like when do you, when was that game? When was that moment? It kept want, it kept leaving you wanting more. Like, okay, maybe the next time, maybe the next time, maybe the next time. And then at the end of the season, it's maybe the next season. And then I think, too, that in talking to so many people about this, it's not just about the wins and the losses. Like, there's so many other things going on around that program. And I use the word off the field. You go to a really dark place. And I'm not. That's not what that means. But there are just other things. Oh yeah. Out, outside of the program and in in Scott Frost and the way he manages, the way he's organized or lack thereof, that his I I don't believe he had the belief of those around him in the building and on his staff. Let alone Trev Alberts, who I said two weeks ago I don't think could trust him. I think there was a lack of trust within the room and within the staff. 
And I think all of that together, it was an untenable situation that manifested with a loss to a team that you should never lose to in 100 years. And so to, I liked what Trev said about why now, and he said, we got nine games left, yeah. and we need to be fair to the kids. We need to be fair to the team, fair to the fans. And he mentioned the word accountability. That was one of the first words he mentioned. First thing. It was like the first thing he said, yeah. And then third and finally, I think at the end of the day, there has to be accountability. When you run a professional organization that um, has high standards, accountability has to matter. need to stress accountability. Yeah. And it stops with you. And what did we hear the other night with Frost Saturday? What have we heard with other losses? It's he said we win as a team, lose as a team, but then kept focusing on the defense. Like, we get it. Like, you don't need to say it. It stops with you. Bill Callahan didn't blame Cosgrove a lot for all of his downfalls. He just he, he didn't really blame the defense. He just took the shrapnel and he was gone. Scott Frost did a really poor job of just owning it, taking it without deflecting and saying it's this, that, or the other. Yeah. You're the guy. It stops with you, whether you're the offensive guy or the defense. Well, I'm not sure if you heard Marcus Freeman after Notre Dame lost to Marshall. I mean, he, he said, it's on me. It's like, on me. This comes back. I'm on the head me. coach. This is on me. And Frost rarely got up and and said that kind of thing. I, I was a little torn. I've just been torn all day. Uh, as I talked it out earlier with Bo, I think I arrived at a, at a better place. But like one of the things you you hit on it with what uh, what what Trev talked about. Hey, why now? Why fire him now? Talked about owed it to the players, give them a different voice, a different vision, different confidence, different opportunity. Nine games left. Need to do something. Need to inject something. Something. He kept stressing something. something. We needed to do something. We needed to inject something into this team to give them the confidence and and hopefully help them compete. And I was, I'm not gonna lie. When the when I first heard the news that he was fired, I was like, well, this season's done. Like, is it? This is a lost season. But maybe, I think having Mickey Joseph be the interim head coach and Trev dangle that carrot out of like, listen, we will consider Mickey as the permanent head coach. We'll see if he can grow into this role. You hope that keeps everybody on their toes enough to stay engaged because what you don't want is the coaching staff to feel like, well, I'm not going to be here next year. And then the players, especially with the transfer portal, go, well, I'm probably not going to be here next year. I'm going in the portal. And as we see, when guys start to check out, football is an impossible sport to play half, half-hearted. half And so and how, hopefully and, that's what happens I here. I think that's like, a great point. And how do coaches recruit to that? You know, If yeah. they know they're on their way out, if you let them dangle in the breeze, right? So at least Mickey Joseph, yeah, he's got an opportunity. Yeah. Okay, well, if he has an opportunity, maybe he would keep me on. It's unlikely, but I also think there's something strategic about Mickey Joseph being the interim head coach because if there's one coach on this staff that you would like to keep around, yes, there are probably two or three others that yeah. we could name, but with his recruiting ties, with his ties to the past, and the talent that he's been able to bring in, Mickey Joseph would be one of those key holdovers totally. for whoever the new coach would be. Totally. Totally agree. So uh, there's uh, Trev is pretty smart about this, and I, and I think he's got a relationship with Mickey Joseph that would lead him to believe that he's picked the right guy. And I, I would venture a guess that Mickey Joseph is relieved that this has been all resolved and that he gets a chance to do things the way he would like to do them. And I'd be very interested to see what that looks like moving forward. What yeah. kind of structural things, organizational yeah, things. He, he hinted at those things, and you yeah, were like, what yeah, changes I, are going to be? Yeah, I, I, Mickey Joseph might have been making a list over the, <laughs> over well, the last I month. Well, I mean, right? the, the cynical part of me can't help but think, Okay, you didn't tackle very much in the spring. You didn't tackle in the spring game. You took it easy and were real careful during fall camp on tackling. And, oh, three games in, you're terrible at tackling. Like, maybe those things are all connected. So maybe Mickey's about to strap it up and 
and let those guys hit more throughout the week. I don't know exactly what he's thinking, but Maybe I just – he'll make a switch at coordinator and go, hey, you're demoted. You're going to be here because, you know, like yeah. he doesn't have ties to Eric Chenander. He, no. just came, he just got here, right? Right, right. So it's like, hey, here's the way it's going to be. Trev's giving me carte blanche. I can do what I'd like. I can order room service if I'd like. <laughs> do you think that this – I know this doesn't like – here, I, I know this this can't factor into the reason, but something sometimes things can be like in addition to. Did did the fact that Oklahoma's coming to town and his big noon kickoff like on some level make Trev even go like yeah, and we that's another reason just from the standpoint of like when big noon kickoff comes to town or college game get, game day comes to town. One of the good parts about it is they are going to showcase and elevate your program. If Frost is still the head coach, what the hell are you like? Per, what are you showing? You know what I mean? Is he doing a sit down with Tom Rinaldi and and going to say what exactly? You, you know what I mean? Like at least right. now, are they going to bring him onto the set? Are they going to talk? Like it becomes a very awkward, awkward dance. Yes. Yes. And so yes. now I'm wondering, I, I really was sincerely like, what are they? Cause again, my mind was going through this when on Saturday night after the game, like I wonder how big noon kickoff is going to approach how they are portraying Nebraska in this current form. But now that frost is fired, can't you see probably a, a I think it's Trev Alberts, probably sits down with Tom Rinaldi, or maybe it's Trev that comes to the podium. I don't know if they'll have it be Mickey Joseph. I, maybe they maybe will. Maybe do a mic, mic'd up segment with Mickey, with Mickey Joseph in practice. Right. Who the heck knows, right? right? Just but but I just, are you, are you vibing with me, though, that like if Frost, all things are the same. Frost just lost. He's, you know, he's one and two. He's his The hot seat is scorching, and here comes Big Noon kickoff, and he's the head coach. Like, if you're Fox, you've worked in TV, you're like, you're in those production meetings going, um, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, what are we going to do with, how are we presenting Nebraska football right now? We can't make it be negative, right? Like we can't come and be like, welcome to big noon kickoff. Let's go to our own Tom Rinaldi about how big of a dumpster fire Nebraska is right now. You know, like now you get a chance to maybe spin, spin it in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it played a role yeah. in the firing. Right, right. Like if like if they're playing Indiana on BTN Plus, he's still getting fired. Probably, but yes. I, but I think it's a nice benefit that you don't have to spend time on it. Yes. It's like a nice byproduct. Yes. It's like we didn't we didn't buy the house for the front yard landscaping, but boy, it's pretty sweet. That, it? I guess like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like it's like, not the reason you bought the house, but it's like, and how about that landscaping? That's pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so right. it's like uh, another reason you fire Frost now is big new kickoffs coming, and it's Oklahoma. Right. You're probably going to get killed, right. and how it's you location, project it. location, location, but the property taxes are low too. So yes, good. yes. You know, so I, don't know, I so thought yeah. I thought about I'm that as well. Uh, I'm with you, but man, crazy. I mean, it's just wild sure. to think like Frost has fired, like it is over. It's nuts. They went um, 35 years with two head coaches from 62 to 97. And now they'll be on their sixth head coach in 20 years. In their fifth AD. It's in, it's or remarkable. sixth AD, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts, man. They can't get out of this higher fire cycle. I'm not necessarily begrudging this, this second higher fire cycle of Moose and now Frost. But like at the same time, it's like, whew, man, it just, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. A couple of nuggets here. So, Nebraska, 16-31 and 31 under Frost. Yikes. Rutgers, the only Big Ten school with a worse record over that span. Ugh. What are they, by the way? Do you have it? I don't. They're probably like 14. I mean, it can't be like two. They got to <laughs> yeah. be within shouting distance of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're gaining on them, I would think. A couple of other nuggets here that were sent out and distributed by ESPN. 13 losses as a favorite since 2018. Tied for the third most in the FBS. Yuck. 13 and 13 outright as a favorite. Not good. Tied for the second worst record in the FBS. 8 and 18 against the spread as a favorite. Seventh worst in the FBS. Um, they were 0 and 13 against AP ranked teams since 2018. Only two teams have more losses without a win against AP ranked teams over that span. Kansas and Rutgers. Yeah. Nebraska played a total of two games under Scott Frost while ranked in the AP poll. 
During that span, 69 FBS schools played more. <laughs> Man. Um, I mean, you are the company you keep, or you know what I mean? Like, you are right? what you're... What, like, what we've you're, done those lists where yeah, it's like Rutgers, right, yeah, uh, right. Know, Purdue. Right. Nebraska turned the ball over on 13% of their offensive drives under Frost. Wow. Jeez. Only Wisconsin had a higher rate, 14%, among Big Ten schools over that span. Nebraska averaged 435 yards per game under Frost. Only one Big Ten school did better than Frost in that era. That's Ohio State. Isn't that amazing that it didn't manifest in points, though? To, to channel earner Bo Pelini, it's not about that's yards, right. ma'am. It's about points. Like it's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. That's the right. thing. Like that's where stats that's can right. be so misleading because it's like, yeah, they moved the ball, but they couldn't score until Whippy came. Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. To Whipple calling plays. 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 My Kelly said that to me. He goes, well. I guess it is going to be Whipple calling plays moving forward. I guess it is. And Mathis got sacks. Maybe still lives. I don't know. Oh, my god! Probably not, though. Could you have picked a worse song to do? Zero sacks against Georgia Southern. Things are good. Things are going good. Nebraska defense this season. Oh yards boy. per play, 110th. Yankee. Rushing yards per game, 116th. Not good. 207th. Uh, yards per rush, 123rd. Nearly six yards per carry. That's not good. Yards per game total. 124th nationally, 492. I mean, wow. Recruiting-wise, here's their last four recruiting classes. 21st, 18th, 24th, 29th. 2022 currently at 61st. 61st. Here we go. Final notes. The Huskers are an FPI underdog in seven of their final nine games this season. According to Football Power Index, there's a 20% chance Nebraska gets to six wins and earns bowl eligibility. So there you go, 20%. So that's it. Man. Those are all the nuggets that I have. All the nuggets. Wow. All the sports. Uh, in terms of, I've never bought into the, if he can't do it, nobody can. Yeah, I mean, that's it just was a silly a, It was an easy thing to fall into when he was hired, but yeah, yeah. it was because it was also because you couldn't envision him right. failing. Uh, yeah, that was more so, of like, you know, like, like sure, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hire anybody I mean, new. he's the best, yeah. right? right? He's the best. Right, right. He can't do it. But the 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 Matt Campbell, the Chris Kleiman, Dave Aranda, uh, uh, little Jim Leonard flavor. Uh, you've Matt Rule. Matt Rule is on that list. Uh, Lance Leipold is yeah. on that list. There are grinders, and he mentioned grinders. You did you need to be a grinder. You know this ain't. Uh, you're not going just because you're coaching college doesn't mean you're in college. You are a college football coach, and it's big business. And he mentioned Trev mentioned at the beginning, you're the head coach of a professional organization. He, yeah. It's kind of a Freudian slip, but a professional organization. You need to conduct yourself that way. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope that uh, I think whoever they you- hire, whoever they hire as the next head coach, I think it's going to be. And again, I don't know how successful the person's going to be. And Trev doesn't is not focused on winning the 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 news conference, but I think there will be a reminder of the status of the Nebraska football program, and what a power five elite level or at least a guy up going up should sound like, should act like, should be like, how they could, should conduct themselves in, in front of the media and behind this, like so many different things. This isn't a bash Scott Frost session. This is just a reality of yeah. the situation that he led this program to that it just it needed to happen, and I think the next head coach that comes to the podium, you're like, boom, okay, now let's take a deep breath and let's push forward and see if we can't uh, string some wins together and get back to tackling. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I mean, the, over the course of the last handful of years, the rumor mill surrounding Frost on a variety of, of things has been borderline crazy. Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen more gossip about – a dude that is like for a guy that was widely anointed as the savior, boy, did he have a lot of enemies seemingly, you know what I mean? That's what was so yeah. weird. And it was just, and you know, a lot of the rumors are probably nonsense, you know, but like you, you, 
You know, I just think, uh, you know, what 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 Trev was talking about, I think, was, you know, I, I know he even made a point to be like, just because I'm saying this doesn't mean that I'm saying that Frost wasn't this. But at the same time, like, I think there was a lack of organization and details and, and those kinds of things that were surrounding that program. And, you know, what do you know? That's seeped into the on-the-field product as, as well. Do you have a guy in mind? Like, do you have someone that because I don't right now I need to think about it more like do you have someone like this would be my number if I'm Trev Trev calls me and says boy you're pretty good at asking questions aren't you you're pretty good at giving me suggestions aren't you (laughs) if Trev were to call you and utter that phrase to you what would you have said that led to that wow you're pretty good at asking questions Ah, aren't you Trev no you didn't the (laughs) the first name that came to my mind as last night was happening was Matt Campbell yeah okay I know there are some, you know, Lars, right, he's got some tweets out there, you know, Nebraska Connections saying he believes he will take the job. It's like, it's like, okay, Trev just told us to just, like, he hasn't said anything right. and all that. I don't know if that's a lateral move or not. I know the money will be there, and I know Midwest-wise, people compare it to, well, he said no to USC if they were offered. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but does anyone want to move to the dumpster fire of California? I mean, Lincoln Riley did, but for other reasons. So sure. I'm... Uh, staying in the Midwest, I think, is something there. I think Matt Campbell would be good. I think the top three, in my mind, are Matt Campbell, Chris Kleiman, Lance Leipold. Those are my top three because they grind. They are... Uh, they're not flashy. Leader, they're, lead, you know, like, they're leaders of men. They're blue-collar. Yeah. And they've won championships and or have developed talent. And Nebraska is a developmental program. We said that time and again. You're not going to continually be able to recruit four- and five-star guys. It's recruit the twos, the three-stars, and don't get into the transfer portal. Don't get all happy with the transfer portal. Follow the Iowa blueprint. Right. And develop players so that by the time they're in year three, they're ready to go. Just because there's a transfer portal doesn't mean you have to swim in it all the time. And and I – that's not to say that I don't understand why Scott did it. I was yeah, fully supportive of yeah. everything right. that he did because he didn't have a choice. And, and frankly, this team could still make a bowl game and prove to be successful with those transfers here this year. But just know who you are. Chris Kleiman has won national championships. Lance Leipold has won national championships and developed stuff at, at Kansas. Matt Campbell has won bowl games, mm-hmm. has developed talent and will have more resources here and has track records. You have to be a guy who's developed talent, conducts himself professionally, leads young men, and has done it for an extended period of time. Yeah. And so I think those would be my top three. I kind of snicker at the the Bill O'Brien candidacy, the Urban Meyer thing. I said, someone asked me about that today, and I said, "If, if Trev even writes the letter U for Urban Meyer in a little top five list or even on a scratch sheet of paper that he's planning on throwing out, I would be disappointed. It just doesn't like, see, it just doesn't seem like he wouldn't waste his time with it. Well I just he it would, just doesn't seem like Trev. You know what I mean? No. Like Trev uh it just doesn't like, you know seem who like would Trev. be the head you know who'd be a good head coach? Trev Alberts, okay? Like yeah. I'll say it out loud. Right. Trev Alberts would be a good CEO head coach. You need someone like Trev who has coaching experience. I think maybe that's the best way right. to say it. You know, yeah, because your your names, like Trev and Coach, your names are all guys that certainly are not necessarily gonna wow. Like they're not gonna, it, it's not gonna be an amazing press conference. Whoa! But they are all, like you said, they're blue collar grinder guys that have had success in the Midwest. And I mean that that seems maybe Nebraska needs someone like that. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it more. I, I I'm always uh, I'm I'm. I've always told people, like, when I'm not watching Nebraska, my favorite team to watch is Wisconsin. I just I love watching. That's the football I kind of grew up on. So, you know, guys like Jim Leonard and Dave Aranda, those guys are, are, are guys that I'm drawn towards a little bit. Now, Leonard's pretty young and hasn't been a head coach. That'd be a pretty big leap for him. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, it'll also be interesting to see what kind of names they can, you know, we'll, we'll get a feel for what the Nebraska brand is like, you know. I mean, how how what are what kind of interest is this vacancy gonna gonna attract? I'm not sure. I mean, it's still a Big Ten school that's got a lot of resources. There, are, you know, Frost talked about. There's going to be there are benefits, there are positives about Nebraska, there are negatives about Nebraska. Be I'll be just fascinated to see how what kind of interest there there is for the job. For I people. know the um, 
there's talk about, you know, they're throwing the name Mark Stoops around because he played at Iowa and Midwest guy. And Mark Stoops has one of the greatest jobs in college football. The expectations are minimal. They don't expect you to win championships. He essentially has a lifetime deal from where he resurrected that program. He's at a basketball so, school. I was say, it's a basketball school. They like, don't, he like gets to the day, fly under the radar a little yeah. bit. You're only making a lot of news when you win, and they've been winning a lot. It just wouldn't make a lot of sense uh, for that. So anyway, yeah, the Matt Rule thing I think will come up if, if Carolina, if their season goes sideways. But those, to me, are the are the candidates. And I know Troy Calhoun's name gets mentioned, but at some point, someone with ties to the Midwest, someone with ties to uh, the program, if if possible, it's more of a, like an added bonus. Not why you do it, but it's an added bonus if that were to happen. But guys who know how to recruit in this area. Yeah. And recruit and develop I, talent in this area. I do think I, I, you know, used to kind of roll my eyes at it when Nebraska first went into the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's a unique beast, man. I think it's as unique of a conference to to survive and thrive in as there is. And I, it would be nice if there was some sort of coach that has, you know, not necessarily experience in the Big Ten, but they're the way they do things translates to the Big Ten. Because someone I was texting there, like, Nebraska should just go hire Clay Helton. And I'm like, eh. Like, listen, Clay looked good last night, and actually his track record at USC was is probably a little better than maybe people think it is. I just, I'm officially at the point where I'm like, man, I don't know if you can go into the Big Ten West and air that thing out 50 times and have success. I'm not saying you have to, you know, be... Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota and run the ball and and you know be a copycat, but at the same time, I'm I'm starting to kind of think that that is sort of what the deal is in the conference. Like it's a unique league, man. It really, really is. Did you bring in Deion Sanders? Prime time. Could you just Could you just imagine? Picture, just picture Deion Sanders, head coach in Nebraska, and how this how the state would flip out, both positively and negatively. <laughs> Our head coach did an Aflac commercial. This is awesome. Amazing. Did you imagine Coach Prime in Lincoln, Nebraska? I want to see it. Be incredible. It's so good. Um, all right. So I think we spent enough time on that, and it is sad. It is sad. I yeah. think that is the the underlying deal because, and I'm glad Trev acknowledged this today. I've said this many, many times that it's just you're messing with people's lives. I mean, it's families, it's friends, it's the domino effect. I mean, you know, who knows what happens with Barrett? Oh, I'm nervous, and, man. Yeah. Like, like, like it's, it gets you sick to your stomach when you think about your friends. I see, I see Barrett. I've told you at, at sometimes pick up or drop. Our kids are in the same, my, my daughter, yeah, right. my daughter sits basically next to Barrett's son, Brooks in first grade class. They're in the same first grade, first grade class. Mm-hmm. I see, I see Jenna, Barrett's wife every day. Every day at pick up and drop off at school, they have two other kids. Like, this is real people. Like, people oh, like yeah. to throw out like, you know, ah, you know. I mean, people like they they talk about Frost in these set. Like, they're like, I get out of the state and never come back, and we hate you. It's like these people are like Barrett Root. You, th- this is killing Barrett. Like, oh gosh, there's I nobody can't. that cares about Nebraska football more than that guy. And I'm just saying, like, who knows what's going to happen to that guy? It's one of my best friends in the world. And I just like, I like, I see his family. I see his kid every day, every single day. It's hard, man. Like, it's really, really hard. I mean, I didn't know Bill Callahan that much, but I hurt for him when he was going through that stuff. Like, I empathize with people, and that's probably one of my greatest qualities and detriments is that yeah. like I I feel it for a lot of people uh, when people get laid off whether I thought they were good or not I'm like it's oh my goodness like, what, you, you have to pick up where are they going to go what are they going to do and you just think about everything people like I think about myself I got four kids and a wife that are counting on me to continue to perform and I've messed up in the past you know that where I'm like oh my yeah. goodness is this going to be it for me and to be staring down the barrel of potentially having to pick up and move. I would say this. If I'm Trev, and this isn't because it's Barrett and he's like a mutual yeah, good yeah. guy for both of us, but if I'm Trev, it's, hey, you're whoever the new head coach is, hey, you're the new guy. Here are a couple of coaches I would recommend. Yeah, take a look at this right? guy. Right, because the ties to the past, good at what he does, energetic, and it would help ingratiate yourself with this program, considering it's likely going to be an outsider. Mm-hmm. 
and Barrett would be one of the top two, and maybe Mickey would be the other, right? Yeah. Like so. Yeah. There's just, uh, just there's a, a lot there, and a lot that's a long yeah. highway down right. the road. Right. Right. And you know, it, it comes with the territory, but at the same time, it's just like think about your kids have developed great friendships in Charlotte. Think about their baseball teams. Think about their buddies, and think about you having to sit them down and saying, "Hey, Cohen. Hey, Tatum. Hey, Porter. Hey, Beckett. We're moving, man." Your your baseball team is done. Your friends, you got to say bye to them. Hopefully, we see them in the summer. We'll come back to visit. But like, right. we're out of here. Like, that's hard. You know, that's just again, it is what it is. But it doesn't make it any less uh, real and impactful for people. I moved at Christmas break of third grade. I oh. moved again after sixth grade. Oh, I moved again right before my senior year of high school. Oh, right. So. It, it was harder every single time, and it, at the end, it makes you stronger. But it, but these are, I mean, my parents were aching. The fact that they had to pull me out of my senior year of high school right before is like that summer. We moved to Colorado from New York. I'm like, okay. And then the next year after that, I go to Colorado. I'm starting over again, going to the university. And then four years later, I'm moving to Nebraska. Like, it's it's hard on so many people. Yes. So, just really sensitive to that, and um, but I did like how Trev was. I liked how I liked the tone. But he mentioned he was it. just That's so I, good. Yeah. yeah, he was right. so good today. Like he just he was cool. He was calm. He didn't seem flustered. He was in control. I thought he was uh, he was empathetic and sympathetic towards and appreciative towards Scott Frost, but also understood like the accountability and like, hey man, this is not good enough. We're looking forward to the future. I just thought I just the more I I watch that guy, the more impressed I am with him. Again, if you could find a co- guy with coaching experience who acts like Trev Alberts. I know. Like, could he be the interim, just the CEO? He just, He's the one who answers questions, and he lets everyone else coach. In it, in it, when we think the about last nine games. When we would think about, like, Frost gravitating towards that CEO role, and, like, people are like, well, what does it even mean? It's like, just, well, what does Trev look like and sound like? <laughs> that's what Trev? that is. You know what I mean? Like, that's Trev. Every time Trev speaks, you feel more confident in the University of Nebraska Athletic Department. Period. That's what it's. That's how you be a leader. You think that's true, Trev? Wow, you're pretty good at asking ah! questions, aren't you? Right. No, you didn't. All right. Quick time out from this award-winning, ridiculous, amazing podcast to tell you about our good friends at Go Currency. Support those that support the show with Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, it's secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. That's GoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA, Currency Pursuant to CFL License 60DBO-54873. Okay, a couple of things here uh, that we need to uh, get to. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll quickly uh, read the polls here because we put them out and we do like to go through the results. Uh, of course from- we do. <laughs> from last week, man, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of people texting or uh, texting, texting, texting is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Texas is a powerful player. Uh, oh, got to mention this. So, Eric, our buddy Eric, got a picture with Ronnie Green. They got a picture with him while wearing the Ronnie Green T-shirt. Go to the Schick Nick Show. It's at Schick Nick Show yes. on Twitter and look at that picture he's standing next to ronnie green wearing the ronnie green t-shirt and ronnie green i don't know if he listens to the show but he's aware of it yes yes he's aware of it i know we cannot say for sure if he listens to it but he is i think he's aware of it and he's aware of his drop and that's the extent of it and i hope he doesn't listen to it like frankly he's very important he shouldn't waste time no you have much bigger things to do and better things to do we asked you does listener eric look like he could be ronnie green's son 88% 88% said yes. He did. Accident, accidentally asked, does Lister Eric look like he could be Ronnie Green's dad? LOL! 58% said yes. <laughs> asked that absolutely incorrectly. So I have the backstory here. Do you mind if I read it? No, I want, I was going to ask. Like, do you, It's funny. I was like, can I get some, some the story behind this? 
How do you refer to the the origination? What would you want? Can I have the? What would you say? How it started? What'd you say? Which? What do you mean? Which the? Like how would you say? What's the phrase you use? Your play on words that you would use? Give me the 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 Phil Collins or the Sega your, Genesis. Okay, so Eric's email says Ronnie Green's Sega Genesis. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> I had specifically worn my Ronnie shirt in the small chance Ronnie might be at the Nebraska Creighton volleyball game. I wow. knew he came Eric. out and supported the university at these big events and actually saw him a few weeks prior at the UNL band exhibition they do every year at Memorial Stadium as a wrap-up to band camp. It's open to the public, super fun time. I actually saw Ronnie that day as well, but was wearing my Enjoy Your Buy shirt <laughs> and told myself, not today, Eric. I thought I'd have a future opportunity to snag a pick with the Ronnie drop shirt. Fast forward to the volleyball game. I could see Trev and Ronnie sitting in the media table, front row section. Waited for a set break, went down. Every, he goes, everybody's a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Introduced myself as a Lincoln grad from O2, chatted for 30 seconds or so, then asked him to read my shirt. It took him 10 seconds or so to kind of read it and process it. Then he had a big grin on his face. I asked him if he knew that it was printed on a shirt. He didn't know that was the case. Okay. He said something to the effect of it's fun and had a genuine smile. Didn't ask if he listened to the pod, but I'd say no. I think he's probably more aware through the Chicken Nick Nation tweeting at him. Yep. I asked him if I took a pic and tweeted it out, would that be okay? And he was all on board with it. I told him I'd tag him on the tweet. Attempted a selfie, but then he had his wife take a photo. Ronnie had her read my shirt. She read it and had this... You gotta be kidding me, Alex. Smile. You gotta be kidding me, Alex. You gotta be kidding me, Alex. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, yeah. Alex. I asked Ronnie if she knew the premise, and he said she knew. Wow. She snapped a few photos. I told him he's a great follow on Twitter, and then headed back to my seat. Just the nicest, most pleasant two-minute chat. Then to get a reply from Ronnie on my tweet, which he did. Currently looking into two-bedroom apartments in the Lincoln area. (laughs) I like it. It's fun. That's all I have to say. Signed, Eric. That's all I have to say. It's awesome. Allow me to applaud Eric. That is just, where's the T-shirt at the small microscopic off chance that he runs in to Ronnie Green and can get a picture? And shouts out to Ronnie Green, man. That What a sport. I mean, it's the long version of this. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. Okay, but it's like even longer than that. So oh, yes, there's a lot of now, 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 now. We also asked, do you think they will ever play the hook to Mathis got sacked in Memorial Stadium when Mathis gets a sack? Is this song the worst thing you've ever heard? Mathis got sacked. God, they have no sex. 62% said yes. They think it will get played. Come on, at this point, who cares? Just have some fun. The season's about having fun. From here we on asked, out. Should Nebraska just embrace it and do an onside kick every game? <laughs> I think it's 70% true. said yes. I really thought they might have tried it against Georgia Southern. Their defense couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. If there ever was I a start- time to do that, do it. I started to realize why they had done onside kicks as that game was going on. I'm like, you know what? Frost was right. You know what? Zero confidence in defense, and I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, we asked, is Ronnie Green taking a picture with a Shikinik listener wearing a Ronnie Green show drop t-shirt, the greatest event in show history? 82% said yes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Also yeah. asked, do you remember Foreign Callahan? 60% said no. Oh, I mean, come on, people. How dare is that too deep of, of a, you? Is it too deep of a cut? Does anything go better with Husker sports than Fairbury? Sixty-eight <laughs> percent said no. Nothing goes better with Husker sports than Fairbury. <laughs> All right, oh, Matt Coatney. <laughs> Terrific. All right, we have gotten a lot of things here. People have been asking us for a couple of things here, and this is the last day where Scott Frost is the head coach. I was hesitant to do it, but people have been asking for a final scotch. Yeah. Are you okay with it? I'm totally okay with it. Okay. 
I, I had mixed emotions about it because well, we just got through talking about how we empathize with people and it's not something, but it is the last chance. We had been doing, I think in our defense, first of all, we have been doing it Terrell prior to just today. It's not like, well, now he's fired. Let's pile on with him. And we've been doing it sparingly. Like, yes, I, it hasn't cool. been necessarily a, a super consistent, frequent thing. I think it's fine. I don't think I don't think anything wrong with that. All right, so be it. After games, coaches get drunk on emotion. Uzbekistan. Coach Frost is no different. In the Big Twelve, uh, excuse me, Big Ten. The Chicken Nick Show presents <laughs> another edition of Scotch Frost. All right, we'll do uh, about a minute-long clip here. Give it to me. You can hear the Q's and you can hear the A's uh, here. And uh, let's listen. This was after the loss to Georgia Southern. You can hear the questions and then his answers as Scott Frost. Can you sell the notion of progress in your program after a loss like this? Yeah, um, uh, certainly didn't expect that tonight. Uh, I thought we would perform a lot better than that. Uh, I'd, uh, Probably an impossible to answer on the fly, but I mean, how, how can you put this together when the defense, it just feels like it's kind of a, in shambles right now, the outside, but how, how can you do it on the fly? Well, we got a lot to, to look at, and you know, looking forward to, to getting in the film room and looking at it. And, um, all right, that's it. That's, that's good. It. Hey, that's enough. Let's just. That's, that's it. it. We got a little a little appetizer. We're done. That's it, and you're fired. That's, that's it. it. That's it, and we're through, and you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> All you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh. All right. A couple of things. Yeah. And then we'll get out. Okay. Uh, there was a great, great moment uh, in the uh, broadcast. I listened to the broadcast. A couple of good moments here. Listen to this touchdown during brighter times. Brody, uh, Brody, Brody Belt. Belt. Oh, yeah. Got the touchdown. Did you hear this? Here we go. Snap back. Casey looking, stepping, throwing for the end zone. Man out there. Brody Belt. Touchdown. Nebraska. Brody Belt's first career touchdown. Yes. Brody right down the middle of the field. Casey Thompson threw a dime. Yeah. Hey. With that. Hey, you want to go snag some waves? Yes. <laughs> hey. Hey, you want to go on the boardwalk and go skateboarding? Yes. <laughs> He's like the Fonz meets the Budweiser. Walla. Hey, walla. <laughs> yes. Yes. Want to go get me a pack of cigarettes? Yes. Yes. Ah, <laughs> Brody. I love it's not Brody, but it's just, hey, Brody. <laughs> Brody. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, so good. Okay, that was a great, great moment. Well, I really enjoyed that. Do you have more? Because I would like more. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, <laughs> this is great. I was wondering. You get to this point, and you understand, like, here's how bad. Here's how bad it got for Nebraska's defense. Listen to this. Terrific execution all night long. And, again, Nebraska, no sacks. Haven't been able to get you a Big Mac tonight. <laughs> Big Mac sack. <laughs> Haven't you, been able hey, to you want to go get a Big Mac? Yes. <laughs> all right. Brody brought Big Mac. Brody. Brody! Brody! <laughs> Brought my Big Mac! Yes! <laughs> How many yeses does Matt have? He's got three? Oh, he's got a lot. There, yes. Yes. How many? Yes. Yes! <laughs> That's his best one. <laughs> That's his best one. I don't oh. know how many yeses he has left in him, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Well, we'll see. You know, maybe we'll Mickey see. will ignite some things. I mean, you never know. I certainly could go for I'm with Greg. We need some more Big Macs so Mathis can get sacks. You know what I'm Couldn't saying? Get you a Big Mac tonight. I mean, I've been able to get you a Big Mac tonight. Uh, <laughs> Greg. 
Have you heard Georgia Southern's call on the game winner? I somehow I saw it on Twitter. Haven't heard it yet though. Is it? <laughs> it's the radio. It's their radio yeah. call. Okay. Here we go. Cameron Piper just. Oops, that's not. Uh, I was gonna say. Wow, this guy sounds a lot like Greg Sharp. <laughs> this is Grant Sharp. Grant Sharp. Georgia Southern. Snap back, Van Teresa. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. And Georgia Southern's gonna win the football game. <laughs> Van Teresa. Maybe he'll transfer in. You'll get to call it. Yeah. We need. All right. Here we go. Okay. Bushini will hold it. This will be a career-long 52-yarder for Bleak Road to send it to overtime. Eagles 45-42 lead. One second left in Lincoln. The snap. The spot. The kick. It's on its way. It is. No good. No good. No good. No good. It is well with Barcelona and Lincoln. The Eagles have come to the sea of red and painted it true blue. 45 to 42, it's a final as they celebrate on the field. I love corn. Take a picture, write a headline, fill a glass, and hug it wherever you can find. Georgia Southern's coming home with a power five win. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. How about the interjection of I love corn? 45 to 42, it's a final as they celebrate on the field. I love corn. <laughs> Did you hear the the analyst? He, he, he had a Matt Davison yes in the background early on. He slips yes, he one in there that is like hard and intense. He did. The Eagles have come to the sea of red and painted it true blue. Yes. <laughs> That's almost John Bishop level. Yeah! Yeah! Matt Coatney had him on uh, the Big Ten uh, channel the other day. Played for him as, ugh. And, ugh. you know, he was laughing. We had a good time. That's great. Uh, but during the highlight show, he gave us another one. I think he's doing it for us. Listen. Van Treese now goes empty as the back sprints out. It's a quarterback draw. Van Treese to the five, to the one, dives, leans. Touchdown. Touchdown. And Georgia Southern has the lead with 36 seconds left as they go up 44 to 42. <sighs> Did it well again. Well done, Matt. Love it. Now, there's a song, a techno song in there somewhere. But... <sighs> <sighs> Matt Coatney just climbed eight flights of stairs. <sighs> <sighs> just peeled an orange. <sighs> <sighs> Jump rope in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Reach for the remote. <laughs> All right. Last thing. We did ask, do you want an off-color How commentary? did you do it? The voting was very lopsided. I feel bad, but then again, I don't. Are you ready? I think we just have to do it. It's very, very short but it sums it up. The final off-color commentary of the Scott Frost era coming your way. It's time for another edition of Off-Color Commentary. Richardson, three on the way. Foul! He hit a three. He's fouled. It counts. What a huge shot. Presented by the Chicken Nick Show. Huge shot. Vantrese now goes empty as the back sprints out. It's a quarterback draw. Vantrese to the five, to the one, dives, leans. Touchdown. Touchdown. And Georgia Southern has the lead with 36 seconds left as they go up 44 to 42. Quarterback draw. And that was precision down the field. What a drive. And this team has been so impressive tonight. They have made play after play after play. Nebraska's not been able to get home enough. 642 yards of offense. Terrific execution all night long. And again, Nebraska, no sacks. Haven't been able to get you a Big Mac tonight. That was a bust by the Blackshirts. A long run. Gerald Green looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate tonight. The flip side, you did move the ball. You put 42 points on the board. He did some really good things on that side of the football. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised. Um, 
You know, I thought it would take a while for our offense to gel, running some new things and with some new faces, and um, thought the defense was going to be really solid, and, and I hope they still are, but we certainly weren't tonight. Valentino's a slice of home you just can't get anywhere else. What started with a treasured family recipe in Lincoln, Nebraska, has become a classic Italian tradition for 65 years. We've got more with the head coach coming up next. You're listening to Big Red F Football. Oh. The greatest Valentino's read. That of all was time. that was my favorite moment. I'm not gonna lie. And and a little co working in Coatney for some off color commentary is fantastic. <laughs> he, but he earned it. He, he earned did. It. He's earned his way into the off color commentary. Congratulations! But that's Jeff fantastic. Good all work. right. Well, I think that's uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, um, do we need to ask one guy's opinion on how the Georgia Southern game went? I mean, you want to pose the question? What do you got? I could do that, Tyler. What would you think of that Georgia Southern offense? I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick Show, yeah! Here we go! Yeah! 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 Yes! Brody, I love corn. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.